Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Diana Dettinger, best-selling author of the books Modus Vivendi, Your Life, Your Way, as well as an international speaker and founder of the Meaning of Life School, where you learn to be you. My mission is to connect you to your innate greatness for a healthier, happier, and more fulfilling life. You can find out more about this radio interview at journeytosuccessradio.com. And today I am super thrilled, more than thrilled, super happy and excited because my guest today is Shamla Maharaj. Maharaj. She is an outstanding woman. You will be super thrilled even throughout this whole this whole interview. So Shamla and I are co-authors in the book Journey to Success Volume 2. And Shamla is someone that you know I could describe as a free-spirited woman. You know, she loves to live her like life like everyone else, even though she has a severe disability. So she has what, you know, doctors have diagnosed as cerebral palsy. It's brain damage. And in her situation, her case, you know, her head got squeezed during birth. So she couldn't even sit up until she was four years old. And even now at age 30, you know, she can't sit in a chair without having, you know, the arms and all that. Um she only uses her right hand, but she is an example of success-driven person who doesn't settle for less. So super welcome, Shamla. I so appreciate you taking time to be with us today. I am deeply, deeply honored and grateful for having me in your station. Deeply. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, uh, <laughs> Listeners might know it. You know, I am American born. I was born in Chicago, but I've lived here in uh, Europe for 30 years. So this call is taking place that I am in Europe and actually Shamla is in Trinidad. So we are pretty much, you know, six hours difference. This is an international interview. So this is what we love, you know, inspiring people that not only have had different life experiences that are really, you know, people living all over the world because there's commonalities of our, you know, trials and tribulations and of our challenges that are common to every human being, no matter where they're born, what language they speak, what culture they come from, what religion they grew up with. You know, we really are all united in this drive to want to be more. So Shamla's chapter is entitled Unstoppable Journey. And she's going to tell us about some of her journeys and challenges in life. So go ahead and, you know, tell us, uh, you know, what is this motivator? What, why are you so driven to speak out and, and be more visible about your, your drive to success? Well, basically what inspired me to speak out is the challenges that I went through from birth. And the, you know, this challenge, it not only came from me having a disability, 
but I grew up, I started in at a stage where, you know, basically our family lived in poverty, you know, back in my area in Trinidad, where I lived was a rural area where, you know, substance abuse was the mainstay of a home and agriculture, people, domestic agriculture, we relied on this and this was not enough to live, but we made it true. Also, you know, what inspired me is going through primary school, um, the challenges, being left home and having to, you know, leave my family and stay up at, I went to Princess Elizabeth Special School and being a timid person back then, you know, I would never speak out and say what I want. I would just settle for what was given to me because I was a very, you know, contented person. So even if I wanted water and stuff, I would stay quiet and remain thirsty because I did not want to ask, thinking that I would put the nurses and stuff in an inconvenience. And then, you know, having to go through different personalities each day, you know, having at least three different nurses seen about you as a child from four and a half, you know, all these things put things into perspective. And in second, in primary school, I remember one weekend looking at the, looking at television and I saw this man how clad. He was wearing a professional attire in his office and I'm having a commanding environment where he, you know, was very professional. And as a child, I told myself, you know what? I want to be like that one day. I want to work <laughs> in an office and I want to dress, you know, like that. So um, that was the, uh, where the motivation started. And it also started where I wanted to come back home and go to school just like my other siblings. I have two brothers and they would come home every day after school, which I wanted as well. But I knew that I had to make a sacrifice and stay there in order to write my exam, which was my initial exam. It took a while, you know, I got sick and stuff, but I, I did get through with my exam and I went on to secondary school, which was another challenge, you know, where the principal, you know, uh, questioned my ability. He did not want to accept me you know, and we had to put, we had to literally beg him to say we would provide our own chair, our own table, etc. And we just want a little place where we can sit in a classroom and learn because I was capable. He accepted me a week, a week or two weeks after my dad, who passed away in 2014, he built a ramp so I can get to the downstairs classes. Just like me, just like my parents, the people who I dealt with in schools were just as alienated to this as we was. But we had to push forward and provide, you know, solutions to this problem. Say, okay, bring down the class downstairs so I can be facilitated. Bring the labs to me, you know. Um, in tertiary, then I got accepted, and after a while, 
the teachers began acknowledging that I was, I had a mind just like anyone else. And yeah, yeah accommodated me. Brain, brain, brain damage does not necessarily intend lesser intelligence. I mean, exactly. so our brain is so complex. There's the area that manages language, the area that manages each of our organs, the the areas that manage your your limbs, you yes, know, physical things. But 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 yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this is this is you know even talking beforehand. Mm-hmm. You have amazing intelligence. And, and I believe this is part of your 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 speaking up is just because a body looks different or isn't fully functional doesn't mean that there 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 isn't uh, actually maybe even more intelligence. You know, like like even you know how they say often you know children that are blind will have this amazing musical talent. I was going to say that when 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 you lose one sense. When you lose one of your senses, your other senses tend to strengthen as a result of that because you're using it more. So the part of the mind that is damaged, the part of the brain that is damaged, the other parts, you know, because I have, I have to use it more because it's doing simple tasks. You know, I cannot do it just like anyone else. I have to provide alternative ways of doing it. And as a result, you know, it will strengthen my mind and how I think, you know, because every day you would see someone, for example, using a chopstick, you know, you would watch it have a particular way of using a chopstick. But for example, if I have to use a chopstick, I would use it my own way. And using it in your own way is creating a new way of doing something. So yes, that is why the mind tends to strengthen and your intelligence tend to, you know, be more cognitive in what you do. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, well, even creative, because you can be, you are right-handed. Yes. So I imagine you do have the problem-solving left brain very developed, but because of the creative strategies that you invent to, you know, get up and down out of your wheelchair or to, I mean, people probably don't, don't realize that, you know, we Facebook message, we send each other messages and you type out on those little screens, you know, you type out everything with your right hand and we, you and I function, we function like anyone else. Exactly. And what happened with me while I type, I shake. So, and even self, I have to type. I type with you using one finger, even though I have five fingers. That is how I live it. But I believe that even though you use your one finger, you try to use it just like anyone else and type as fast as anyone else. You know, you don't keep back yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know. The the, the the technological <laughs> the yes. technological world, you know, has, has made um, has made connecting to the world just just so so beautiful. Well, to tell the listeners what what are you studying? What is your prime your prime? Uh, or what, okay. is, what is your yes? Yeah, my main my main area of study is that well, I recently got my master's in um, agribusiness and marketing, 
specializing in business and marketing analysis. And I'm going on to my PhD, which is agri agriculture economics, specializing wow. in marketing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are a forerunner. I mean, are there, um, do you, uh, do you, uh, let's say, hang out mostly with your family, cousins, friends, fellow students? Or do you also belong to any centers or know any other young adults with handicaps? Right. With respect to hanging out, um, yeah, at the younger days, I used to only hang out with my parents and siblings, cousins as well. Um, I used to only go out with my parents because of my disability, my mom or my brothers would have to lift me. I cannot lift myself because I have no balance. So therefore, you know, if, even if I want to hang out with my friends, I cannot. They would have to come come at me or I would have to go and meet them with my brothers. And sometimes it would be a little inconvenience for my brothers because they have their own life, that is life to live. Also, um, I am aware and I also involve, involve myself as most as I can with other disability groups, you know, um, families with, with disabled children. You know, I do not only support cerebral palsy families, but families that are, you know, all wrong, that have a disability, they, the family goes through the similar, similar scenarios where they, you know, they are in shock at the first instant. They don't know where to go and get support, you know, and it, it changed the whole family scenario where the mother no longer cannot work or the father cannot work. So, you know, I tend to give support to them via social media or they would invite me to you know, seminars, conferences, etc., where they have locally, and I would go and speak, and after I would stay back and speak to the parents and then connect with them, where we would constantly have dialogues and stuff on what can be done locally to help persons with disability. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, I come from a very big uh, Midwestern family. So, you know, in America, that would be you know, the area of Kentucky and Ohio. Yes. Yes. And with such a big family, we really do have a wide diversity of, of every kind of, you know, profession, but even, even disabilities. And I'll tell you one thing. The, the children who, um, uh, you know, cousins that have, you know, Down syndrome, for example, and other cousins that have been, you know, in wheelchair, and uh, they have actually united our family more. And even my, you know, my aunt, she says, you know, sure, at the beginning when, uh, when my cousin was born, there's this expectation, I guess parents have this expectation of sort of a fairy tale life with children and the children are perfect, you know, beautiful. And, exactly. and sort of, and, and then, you know, a, a child is born that is apparently, let's say, imperfect. And yes. they do have to change their expectations. But the gift of 
of this kind of experience um, I've found has made our family richer, more tolerant, more compassionate, more more aware, more aware, more network, networking, etc. In Trinidad, right? For example, when back when I was born, which was in in the 1980s, 1985, yeah, in Trinidad and Tobago, basically what parents would do with a child that was born with a disability was to hide them away and keep them indoors and do not expose them. And as a result, you know, when in order to understand someone or understand a situation, you have to be directly involved with someone. So like, for example, me going to school, leaving my, you know, special school in Princess Elizabeth and going into a school in my area. After a while, it took not long after, not too long, that the, my colleagues, my classmates, found out, okay, she has a disability, but she just like us, you know, and they interacted and they never treated me differently because you have to exude a personality showing that, okay, I am not different. And when they see that, they would treat you, they would treat you the same way as they would treat anyone else. And that is what we have to do, is expose our, you know, children who have yeah, that's, disabilities. Yeah, that's what I, I think there was this, there was this embarrassment or this, this not... Um, the expectations. Let's use that word. And I mean, you can you can imagine. You know, I'm a real being. You know, I've been a corporate trainer for 25 years and coach, and you know, I've developed different what I find very you know 21st century coaching programs. Um, yeah. To think I am a big fan of human potential, and to think of the years and the souls on Earth, you know, who lived a handicap and no one reached out to have them in any way start to touch on their potential. And yes. that is where I admire, I admire you so much. And tell us, tell us about, you were actually invited what to a UNESCO. Yes. Um, in Paris. Yes. Yes. In 2013. Well, in 2012, I represented, you know, um, the youths of Trinidad and Tobago at um, a local, re- a local regional UNESCO conference. Um, I made a speech. Uh, the assistant director general, she said, "Why don't she told the minister then, why don't you all send Shamla to represent the country?" So I then I was elated, you know what. I really did not take it on because I know they would send whoever they wanted to when the time come. But it so happened, I got an email a month in advance stating that I was invited. So I was elated because I never even went on a plane before. And then thinking out of everywhere in the world, I get into go Paris, you know, and I get into go and represent my country. It was a lot of work for that one because to go and get visa, to go and get passport, to go and get everything prepared. And going in, I did not know, tell you the truth, I made 
write up a Senate. I did online interviews. I sent it across. And still, I was blinded, blinded to the fact that I, I was an opening speaker. And when I went, and they ushered me in on the stage. So I think I go in just like anyone else and meeting the director general, shaking her hands and, you know, stuff like that. I see thousands of youth watching me on a stage. And, and it had thousands, six other people. people. I mean, I've seen the video, thousands of people. And here you are, like this overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally shocked, you know, but I, I didn't think of myself when that happened. I thought about my country. And I was telling myself on the stage, I while waiting on my turn to speak, I was telling, I telling myself, I was saying, you know what? I represented my country, I representing my flag. You know, I cannot, I cannot disappoint. And I went up, I was really scared still, but I gave it my all, you know? And even the night after, I told myself, I said, you know, my country was actually on that stage and I, out of everyone else, you know, went and represented my country. And in fact, I was the only person, the only one that had a disability in that forum. And I made a contribution. Even in the debate, we had debates. And the contribution that I made, even the day after, it made it into the introduction of the final reports to be presented at their general conference. So when I do something, especially if I know I have backing and people supported me, I will make sure and do my best. Well, do you, do you want to dedicate uh, time to marketing and agriculture? Or because of this experience, do you really want to get out there and get up on stages and light people's hearts? <laughs> well, that's a dilemma because I want to do both. I want people to see me as, you know, a business person, as a successful businesswoman in Trinidad, where, you know, I can go and make decisions in a sector and say, and when I'm, if people watch me, they won't say, that's the girl on the wheelchair. They would say, that's the girl that turned around this sector, or that's the girl that running this company. And then also, because my goal from small was not to do sit and do one thing. I want to do, you know, I like to multitask because, you know, one thing, don't come to me as a challenge. I would see it as, you know, just boring. I like, I like a challenge. So I want to do both. I, my goal was always to travel the world. I want to see the world. I want to meet people. I want to inspire people. I want to be able to show people that if I can do it, you can do it. Because it, it was a really, really tough challenge. Even now, it's tough for me. Even tougher than tough. Because, you know, being 30 years, knowing that my mom is going on 60 and I depend on her physically, it's really scary, a scary moment. And I try and as fast as possible, 
even though my country, my mind is ready and I am ready, society isn't ready for me because of access of accommodation, still stigma, you know? People would think, okay, are educated, are competent, but would she be able to perform on the job, which I know I can, and I can do it even faster than any, you know, inverted commas, normal person. But who, I, who am I to say that? You know, I have to get a chance to prove myself. And that chance, you know, people won't allow, don't allow you to, you know, don't give you that chance. You have to show that from the beginning, you know? Right. So it's tough, but I, for me, I would never give up because I want to be able to sh show that I can live a full, independent life as, you know, changing my sector, meaning what I studied in, and then motivating people as well, traveling the world. I want to be able to do that and represent my country. Yeah, well, you already, I mean, you already, already. have <laughs> in these past 30 years. I mean, I think the the stamina and the willpower and the determination is an example for everyone. And I'll tell you um, why, you know, why I admire you so much, because I've done even, you know, coaching with, uh, let's say, in private schools and with teenagers. And I find that they're very, they have a dream, let's say, but mm -hmm. not necessarily do they have the determination? There's something missing very often in these children that, you know, have a comfy, cozy life. And, yes. you know, they can ask their parents for the latest iPhone and they get it. And they can ask for a car and they get it. Somehow, and this could be that I, you know, I belong more to the generation of your mother. So, you know, I'm in my mid-50s. Um, mm -hmm. I find that, you know, our generation, we were still... Uh, what we call like elbow grease. You know, you roll up your sleeves, you get your hands dirty, you want something, you work for it. Yes. And, and and that that I see less. And you know, this is not to offend anyone, you know, of the of the younger generation, but I, I see less that real determination and drive to I you know, I want it, I feel it inside. And and even, you know, like and, and I, I don't I don't feel like people have to necessarily work hard. I mean, to I'm get not, what they want. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that you have to overly stress yourself or work hard hours, but there's a fire inside of people that are lit up. And that fire, just like your example of being selected to be in Paris on the UNESCO, you know, youth conference, that fire inside of you is what opens doors. Yes. And that, that, it gives you that charisma that people want to be with you, you know? Well, I, I, you know, I express the same sentiments like here in Trinidad and Tobago, right? Um, we, as I started off saying, we were very poor. And one thing I learned from that is that, you have to make sacrifice. You have to give up what you need to get what you want, you know, and you have to give, give in. And children, even in Trinidad, children these days, 
who are in high school, you would see a lot of fighting being taking place currently. You know, children are out of hand. They cursing in public. And you would think, why are they retaliating like this? The reason why I think they are retaliating is because the parents, because of, you know, the changes in from then to now, it is so fast-paced now that children have no, no you know, close-knit with their family. And they go and they seek attention elsewhere. And right. they lash out for attention. Also, you know, there's a lot of riff and you would see a lot of, you know, things that, that is just battling. But I hope one day that, you know, things will go back, go back slow pace where children will be able to talk to their parents, you know, and teachers will be able to speak to children because now teachers, children have more rights than teachers, you know, and you gotta, and that have to be reversed somehow because if we grow, if we have a, a generation like this now, when they get older, what will happen? You know, you have to ask yourself that. And those are the little things you have to change, the culture, the rules, in yeah. order to get your children back on track. Yes, yeah, so I mean, I, you're, you're, you're a visionary. <laughs> you're, you're, you've got the ability to, to see things from a lot of different perspectives. Yeah. Because you've been an observer of a lot of life, where a lot of, you know, the, the people that are super active and always, you know, going places, you know, let's say autonomously, they're, maybe their focus is a lot of just acting and doing, where yes. you know, in your situation, you have a very keen sense of observation. I am. You, you know, pointed out that exactly. I am very, I am a very, very observant person. Um, ever since. And so that brings you, you know, the wisdom of observing dynamics and, and wondering, like, why, you mm -hmm. know, even in this situation, uh, now it's true. I mean, I believe that this shift from years ago that, you know, children were not allowed to have a word. They were considered less than adults. And now the yes. pendulum has swung over to the extreme other side that, you know, children are everything. They're given everything. And it seems like now the adult has lost their, uh, you know, their, their authority. Ability. Yes. Ability. The ab yes. The ability you know. to be parents because of time, you know, because of rules, you know. You cannot, it, time rules. And, and there's also, you know, when you put children into other care, care of other people, you don't know what type of care they are getting, you know, because you really cannot trust people these days, especially in my, my country, you know. So uh, hopefully, hopefully things are done to help, to help our youth. In yeah. Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Well, I mean, every, everywhere, everywhere in the world, I think, you know, exactly. parents, parents are more and more busy and, um, you know, there, there's a need. I mean, I, you know, I have four children and I'm, I'm very happy that 
I could have a freelance kind of job to pretty much, you know, raise them. They can and, be flexible. And be present. Yeah. Yes. Be, yeah. be available. And, and, and that's wonderful. You know, yeah. uh, you know, why, why have kids if you can't enjoy them? <laughs> exactly. So well, your, your chapter about the unstoppable journey, just mm-hmm. give people a little bit of taste about, about, you know, what your core message is in that. My core message is that, you know, you live with the words um, perseverance, determination, and will. I always be willing to do it. You always be determined to do it. And you always persevere to do it. Um, also, I have two main messages. And the second main message is that even though you face obstacles, then obstacles are there to be faced to strengthen you because what I faced back when I was a child or even a teenager or a young adult, it is even scarier now. And I know what I have to face now as an adult is, not, is you know way more than what I faced as a child, but I am willing to face it, you know, because I am responsible for myself now. You know, no one is responsible. I, I don't have, you know, the safety net of my family anymore. My father, he passed away. And as I said, mommy is getting older. And, you know, so the main message is that in life, we have obstacles. The reason for these obstacles is that, you know, it will strengthen you. But once you want something out of life, you know, the pathway is not clear. It will never be clear, but you keep trying. And once you keep trying, sometimes it will be diverted and you will be led, you know, a different way. But you keep going. And when you go, you will end up in the right path. Once you do the right things that you know is right, you work hard, you will end up in that path. And you have to strive to be a leader in what you do and be an example in how you do it. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Because everyone, you know, everyone is, is in the end, end. everyone is everyone a leader, is a leader of, their of their own life. life. Exactly. Either, either, either you totally and you let you whatever all of your thoughts. When you really connect to, you know, who you are and what you want to be, man, you've got to come out as the leader you know we say grab the bull by the by the horns you know exactly yes this is what i feel my contribution is and what i really loved uh you know in other conversations is how you know you say you've you've never you've never um you know questioned your disability You've always felt like, you know, this is part of your purpose in life and you've always made the best. And I find that so admirable. There are people nowadays that, you know, complain about some of the stupidest stuff. (laughs) It's true. And and I'm like, you know, spend a day day with Shamla and (laughs) see how she's got the guts. Yeah. Tell tell us about that. You know, because when it comes from you, it's a whole different vibration there's so much love in how you you talk about your situation there's mm-hmm. well as as i told you as i told you you know i never considered myself different um the 
I always want to do more and I always want to do it exactly like how other people would do will do it. I don't want to be pitied. You know, if I'm what what I tell people or what I tell my friends is when people pity me, it makes me more disabled. You know, I have to you have to treat me equally. And when you show me that you treated me equally, I will be able to do it. You know, it will give me the strength and the courage and it will show that I can do it as well. And I want to live a full life. I want to, you know, dress up. I want to be able to afford the things that I never could have afforded. I want to look, you know, be like any young woman and look elegant and be able to always keep myself looking up. And when people stare, you know, having a disability, people would stare at you. When I was young, I used to think they're staring at my disability. But then I changed my mindset to say, you know what? They're staring at me because I'm pretty, you know? This is is very true. This is very true. We had our little conversation about, you know, how how we love to wear lip lip because I agree. I mean, you can can have any kind of, of, you know, know, physical physical shape or body. We're all different. But, you know, women, there's that feminine side of women that love to be considered pretty. They like their hair nice. That's it. Yes. I, I love to, and I love to, you know, I love clothes. I love love to go shopping, you know. So I want to be able to do these things independently. And I want to be able to go places, do things on my own. And one day, I know I will achieve it once I work hard. It will be a long journey, you know, no pun intended. But I know once I work hard, I will be able to do all these things on my own, at my own free will. I will not have to depend on someone and their their time to do it for me. And once I achieve that, I have achieved a big part of my dream. You know? Wow. Yeah. Well, if any of the listeners, if any of the listeners, you know, have any type of need for a marketing specialist, for, you know, agricultural marketing specialist, if they need an inspirational speaker on their stages or to come to their companies, you know, Shamla is the the (laughs) go-to woman, you know, how can people reach you? Do you have either a website, email address? Do you, yes. you know, prefer that they reach you on you know, social media? Well, they can reach me on social media. They can also reach me by email, which is maharaj, M-A-H-A-R-A-J dot shamla, S-H-A-M-L-A at gmail.com. They can also reach me via WhatsApp. On one eight six eight three eight nine nine zero seven nine. Oh wow! Well, yeah, give me that. Give me that number after the interview because I use WhatsApp all the time. Great, you know, you is, yes, and, yeah. and uh, we find, uh, I, you know, not everyone, especially my relatives in America, they they don't use that application. It's called WhatsApp. You know, WhatsApp. like what's up? You know, what's up? Yeah, what's up? And, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. 
we have our, you know, we have, you know, groups and we organize our dinner parties and yes. we organize, you know, we just have a big group of friends. There's like 50 friends and we have our group and whoever goes out or whoever does this or that. And the other thing, we're in constant communication. I, I love, I love, you know, the WhatsApp, yes. the WhatsApp application. Yes, it's yeah, very, is, very convenient. Yeah, yeah, and then you can communicate with people all over the world, you know. Yeah, to, and you see, life getting busier and busier, you know, and sometimes you won't find time to call, sometimes months, sometimes years, you will not find time to call, you know, a friend who you were once close with in school, you know, so these WhatsApp and stuff, you could just send them a message, a simple hello, how are you doing, hope you have a great day, and, you know, you would ensure that they would know that you haven't forgotten them, you know, and they still appreciate them. A simple message. Yeah. And so. it goes to your telephone and it runs on Wi-Fi. Now, now it sounds like we're doing a, a What's Up commercial. No, we're actually here <laughs> as co-authors of the book Journey to Success 2, available on Kindle. Amazing book, you know, with 20, 21, 22 authors all that have their, you know, trial and error or their their challenge, their story, sort of, you know, rags to riches kind of stories that are really an inspiration for everyone. You know, yes. it, it doesn't matter where you are in your life right now. You can always get to the next level. There's always a dream inside of you that's, you know, waiting to be, you know, heard or listened to or realized. We all have that little something in in a little drawer that, you know, wants to come out and, and be, be lived. So do you have a final, a final inspirational message for listeners? Yes. We live in a global, we, we all live in a global village. You know, the world is very small due to technology, you know, and we, even though that, even though like my country or your country may be different, the things that we go through is what we call, you know, life and what we call challenges. And once we know that every life has its own challenge, we will be able to appreciate each other more as, you know, as a world, as an entire globe, we would appreciate each other more. And once we support each other in good times and bad times, it will bring unity to the world and the last final message is don't ever give up in life no matter where you are the stage you're in you are at you know even if you feel that life has nothing to give you know you get up you you will feel frustrated but still get up and still try and still go out there and get something when you get it, it will accumulate and you, you know, you would one day bounce up the right path. And, you know, I wish everyone, you know, a happy, successful decision, you know. In life, we have choices and it is the choice that we make will determine our future. So make the best choice and make the wisest choice. Once you know, as I said before, it is right, you will be, you know, you will be led to be a leader in your field or whatever you do. And yeah. Yes, beautiful. 
Thank you, Shamla, for joining me today. I really, really appreciate you, you know, sharing your story, inspiring people, you know, get up, persevere, you know, get your own hands in your own life. And really, you know, uh, I, I admire, I admire your amazing, your amazing work. You're such a beautiful, beautiful person. Thank so you thank so you much. again, Shamla. Thank and you thank so you. much, Diane. It's a yeah. great honor, a great, great honor. I appreciate this interview and seriously, it's a really, I really, really want to thank you for allowing me to, you know, be part of your journey. Yes, thanks to the listeners listeners too. Reach out to, you know, me, I am Diana Dettinger. You can read, you know, blog posts at themeaningoflifeschool.com and, you know, get a hold of Shamla Maharaj, which is M-A-H-A-R-A-J dot Shamla, S-H-A-M-L-A at gmail.com. You know, we're here to help you even on your personal journey. So thanks again, everyone, or to our listeners and to Shamla, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details.